live from the frozen tundra and brought to you by Tortured Orchard, a spirited rebellion of flavors. Tortured Orchard sauces. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 49, and we are recording on August 5th, 2012. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? I was practicing my triple indie for the Olympic qualifier. Now, are you going for the gold? Well, I was actually disqualified for having a non-regulation bathing suit. Really? Now, is that in mixed or single sex? (laughs) Let's go with single sex. All right. No mixed doubles, naked diving. <laughs> you don't even want to know what was wrong with my non-regulation bathing suit. All right. Hit me. What was wrong, Allie, with your irregular bathing suit? Apparently there were too many jiggly parts. <laughs> Very nice. Did you did it come? <laughs> Actually, don't that's a great station cash idea. Jiggly part <laughs> bathing suits in game, now available. How much would you pay? Sounds like very Sims-ish. Oh, do the Sims uh, have bathing suits? Uh, no, I don't know, but there's a Katy Perry pack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, seeing this is uh, EQ2 talk and not Sims talk, uh, I think we have a couple of emails uh, for this podcast. Yeah, we do. All right. Why don't you go first? Okay. Our first email comes from Dalios of the Freeport server. And Dalios writes, and his subject line is EQ next question. The last podcast, I heard you mention EQ Next and how the new Sony emote is something that could theoretically be geared for the future EQ. This got me thinking about any future EverQuest game. The way MMOs have changed, and it has been drastic, scares me when thinking of any new EverQuest. EQ2 has so many quests, hidden quests, and tiny stories packed throughout it. They've tried to wrestle it in, but Norath wasn't made to be very linear like we expect in MMOs now. Sure, being linear is nice and helpful, especially to new players, but the entire feel of EQ2 is that you can use things like chrono magic to another level and spend an evening or days finishing out quests that you missed because they were of no huge importance in your leveling up experience. My fear is that the new EverQuest, or any future Sony game like EverQuest, will be casual, expected linear experience without the depth that we've learned to love about Norath. Signed, Dalios of the Freeport server. So, Dal, what do you think about this idea of linear MMOs and what you might think EQ Next might bring? Uh, that's a great uh, great question because I don't think any of us really know what EQ Next is going to bring us. Although I guess I have some some theories, some thoughts. I'm either going to be dead on or I'm going to be the furthest thing from what really comes out. But what I think the next MMOs are going to be, I, I think what we see today is is a transition phase. You know, you look back to EverQuest and uh, time-consuming, large world, uh, many places to go, uphill both ways. Not everybody looked the same. Uh, and I think over time we've watched EverQuest 2 uh, evolve quite a bit away from that. Uh, and, and I think EverQuest Next 
is going to evolve even further. And uh, what I think the next round is going to be like is it's going to be more, uh, dare I say, Free Realms-ish, what we see in Free Realms. Removing the whole station cash and and, uh, purchasing loot and all that sort of thing, because absolutely that positively will be there in some some form or another. To what extent, don't know yet. But what I think uh, the next round of MMOs are going to be is they're going to be very Free Realms-like in that there is going to be a backdrop world to it, but it will be on demand. Uh, You can be all things to everyone. You will not be governed by any choice you'll make. You will be free, truly free to play how you want to play at that moment. Uh, you know, we see in Free Realms as a, as a concept of the ability to be any class, or what we call classes. Uh, with a simple Wonder Woman twirl, you can become something else. And I think Rift has tried to do a little bit of that by giving uh, players the ability to uh, morph their characters into uh, one thing or another. Uh, and I think the next round of MMOs is going to completely allow you to do that. You want to be a, a, a damage dealer today? Absolutely, you can be that, that wizard archetype today. But tomorrow, if you want to be a healer, you just push a button and now you're in your heal mode or something like that. You twirl and have a whole new whole new spec or something like that. I, I, I think the concept of being locked into something and having to do it this way uh, is going to go away. Uh, I think you'll play on your time, not on the game's time. I think the concept of contested things and things like that, which is becoming a, a, a an old thing in EQ2 nowadays, will go away. Uh, I, I think travel and all that has been relegated to a, a time sink, so that's all gone away. Uh, same thing in Free Realms. You click on a portal, you can be anywhere in the world. You have green dots to tell you where to go to the next quest update. We have feathers uh, to tell us where quest starters are, and now we even have little icons on mobs to tell us what to kill. Uh, so I think uh, things are becoming much easier, much simpler. You know, with this backdrop world, the story will be there. There'll be a reason uh, to go kill the dragon, but it won't be so competitive anymore. And the ability to do it uh, however you want, wherever you want. And, I, and when I say wherever you want, I mean both in front of your PC and in terms of a, a mobile device. These second screen technologies we're seeing, pads and smartphones and whatnot. Uh, maybe you won't be able to play the full game, but you'll certainly be able to play certain mini games. We've heard that term recently as well uh, on on those mobile devices. So you could do your quote unquote maybe crafting, or harvesting, or collecting, or something like that that builds into another game, right? That builds into the larger world, so that you can constantly be playing even when you're not in front of the full blown fat PC client. I think these types of games will now be. Uh, branched out onto all types of devices, web-based, Java-based, something like that, but also available on a mobile-type technology. So uh, I've been going on quite a bit here, but I think I think what we think of EQ2 today, EQ Next is not just going to be EQ3. It is really going to be something very different uh, to deal with the changing times. Yeah, I think that's a really good... Um an interesting point of view. And I think you're probably right about that, um, at least in part. Um, but one thing I thought you said was interesting, you, you were talking about EQ2 and how, you know, we've sort of changed, gone away from what EQ used to be or was or is still, I guess, and that it's evolved into something else. And I think that's kind of the reason why it is, so nonlinear uh, is because it 
is the result of an evolution over seven or eight years. If they had to do it over again today, I wonder if they would do it the way it is or do it more in a linear fashion like Dalios is talking about. Uh, yeah, I think I guess, you know, I'm looking at it from two points of view, this linearness. While I think you'll be free to do whatever you want, whenever you want, you want to do crafting, you want to do harvesting, you want to do killing the dragon, saving the princess, you want to do a chariot race get mini game. You know, we have even that today as well, you know, through the Aether races type of things. You can do that whenever you want. Has uh, things become linear? Yes, you get your tier one gear and your tier one spells, uh, those sort of things. And then you move into the tier two, you, you, you progress. So, yes, that is very linear. It, you're not all over the map. You have you have almost a set route. Uh, today's quests, you start with the first one. He tells you to go kill 10 rats. You come back, and he tells you to go see somebody else, and then they kill, tell you to go kill 10 rats. Uh, you can't get to the second person until you do the first person's uh, steps, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the quest and the storyline, yes, will be very linear in that so that there's not this I'm lost anymore. You're always on the green line type of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fall off it because... You deviated from, on it from a path. Yes, there'll be a, a, an A, a B, a C, and a D, and you can't get to C until you have completed B, but first you would have had to complete A. It, so it is very linear. It's very tiered. You move through it in a methodical way so that you can't fall off and become confused and get lost. One thing that you talked about, and I don't know if you want to go into this at this point, uh, but you sort of touched on something that we have seen in the August, uh, what's coming in August notes? I don't know if you wanted to talk about this. Ah, uh, sure. The, the, the term mini games. Yes. Yeah. When I saw that uh, LED, uh, the cartoon uh, wig came off my head yeah. and went up. You know, the steam came shooting out my ears when I saw that. Uh, and, and my first thought was, you know, has EQ2 become the sideshow carnival? <laughs> Now, kind of. Well, I don't want to go freak show, right? <laughs> but you know, I, you know, you know the carnival that comes to town, Alley, right? Yeah, the, with the little spinny rides that make you sick because yeah, the, the G force is a little too strong. Exactly, with those yeah. shady people running them. You know, you know, right? Yes. I, I certainly hope we don't have any carny listeners. <laughs> oh, but uh, uh, but you know the the ring toss game or something like that, right? Yes. Or, or the the milk bottle knockdown game. Uh-huh. Uh, whether or not those games are rigged, that's a that's another thing. Uh, but you have to buy tickets. Yes, overpriced tickets. Overpriced and tickets. A crap ton of them to to play a game that you yes. have to excel at to get to, a prize. To get a prize, buy across at the dime store for about you know a third the price or or less. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to ten- spend a boatload of cash on tickets on entry to play a game to mm. win the stuffed bear. When you're right, when I could have driven down to the local Walmart. And paid a tenth of the price uh, for that bear. It, could you argue? Well, Gdel, the fun is in playing the mini game. Mm. Okay, yeah, depends yeah, on right. the game. Depends on the game, right? Uh, you know, but it, it just is that one more thing. So now I have to pay to entry, and that's what frustrated me most. It's not I can play this mini game. I have to pay entry to get it, and my fifteen nine and ninety nine a month is not getting me entry into that. In, in today's uh, EQ2, uh, I can go to any zone I want, right? Barring one that I'm aware of, that one that you need the LON cards, if you remember that. Oh, yeah, I'm still trying to get this 
stupid cloaks. And wasn't there a huge backlash against that to say, hey, wait yeah. a minute, I'm paying full price here for your product, uh, and now you're mitigating where I can get to, not based on skill or effort or ability or time invested, but rather a, a token or a, a key that I had to pay for. Uh, and, and that's what these things sound like to me. So uh, I guess I'm not so upset about the whole concept of mini game to get loot. Now, whatever that might mean, we, we, we don't know yet. Does that mean I'm going to, you know, uh, Drunder hard mode gear? If I can knock mm. down enough milk bottles, I can get Drunder hard mode gear. I highly doubt it. Uh, who knows, right? But it's the fact of I have to pay to, to get access to do that above and beyond what I'm already paying for for, for general access. And, and and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that really, really sat wrong with me. It didn't sit well with me at all. Minigame aside, you know, not so much aggravated about that, but rather the pay-to-play type of thing. Well, well, let me play devil's advocate with you for a minute. Not that I am, you know, in disagreement. I'm not really sure exactly what I think yet because I haven't seen what it is that they're doing. Let's just suppose, for the sake of argument, that these mini games are nothing more than a bejeweled type of thing or a, you know, one of something totally not content. And then the prizes are not anything with stats, just fluff items, like literally, you know, a stuffed unicorn for your house or, you know, something like that. Nothing that's game changing. And I know you, you talk about the slippery slope as soon as you put in something like, oh, a time reducer on uh, research or something. It's now sort of sliding down that slope. But let's just say for the sake of argument, it's just fluff. How would you feel about it then? Well, you know, I think I've learned over time a little bit, uh, you know, one man's fluff is another man's game changer. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I'll just uh, steal your example there that you suggested, you know, the stuffed unicorn for your house. Mm-hmm. Well, immediately up goes the carpenter's hands going, hey, wait a minute, why shouldn't I be able to make that stuffed unicorn? Mm-hmm. And by the way, that person paid, so now they can earn the achievement for getting more homes on the achievement list. Mm. You know, so, uh, well, I, I, I Dell, yeah. myself, would argue, you're right, the stuffed unicorn, uh, it doesn't affect my gameplay other than the fact that somebody else might get a house on the achievement boards faster. Other people will be upset by that because I think, you know, to one thing, to one thing about Sony's credit is, uh, the world of Norath, the world of EQ2 is so integrated at times. Giving mm-hmm. giving the sparkly pony that you can put in your house affects the way people's house decorating is. And uh, there is a bit of a competitive community when it comes to that, I think. you know, We have leaderboards for it, right? So they must be competing. You can't have leaderboards without competition, I would think, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so is that affecting game change? Well, not in Dell's world where where it is, you know, uh, punching mobs and taking their stuff, right, mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. But in other people's play style, it, it might be, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's hard to say. I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, the sparkly pony would, would do that. Uh, however, I think others might, and that's, you know, their, their position. And I think they have a, a, a legitimate leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting how one change can affect, have such wide-reaching uh, effect, you know, the like the rings on a, a drop of water. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you talk about the spell reducers. Well, does that take away from the guy who went out and killed 10,000 satyrs to find mm-hmm. that item? You know, again, uh, we're speculating, I guess, about the rewards, which we don't know what they are. We don't know what the mini games are going to be. Are they going to be... Um, a solo instance where you got a killer fight something or like you suggest a, a gems or be, bedazzled type uh, 
Not bedazzled, excuse me. Bejeweled. You've been adorning too much. Yeah, a little Freudian slip there, I guess. My sparkly bedazzled pony. You know, those sort of things. Uh, um, you know, what are they? Is, is, is Bejeweled really an EQ2 minigame? I would argue no myself, right? Right, right, right. No, I mean, I was just throwing out whatever. You know, and that's a, that's a great, th- you know, great example. Or is it, you know, fly through the hoops? Is Ether Racing, let me ask you this, you know, is Ether Racing really EQ2? Uh, I might argue no, it's really not. Although, oh, uh, you can fit the, the lore to say anything you want, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... It's Mario Kart racing, effectively, right? I mean, at at its core, it's kart racing type of thing. Uh, Does that really fit? No. Do I do it? Yeah, because there's titles to get from it, that sort of thing. And and there's yet another leaderboard when you click on the signpost there. So, But it's out there. Hey, you know what? I think it fits. As soon as you have flying mounts, anything goes. Really? Anything goes. I mean, we're flying. Come on. We sprouted wings. I'm wearing tinkered wings. Uh, you're right. Any anything does go, and and I think you know that sort of stuff. That you know, I, I look at the ether racing as a mini game to yeah. me. I, I treat that kind in my head a little like as a mini game. That you know, it's not instanced or anything like that, and it is uh, you know multiple players playing at the same time, perhaps. But that sort of thing is, in my my opinion, uh, I got a reward for it. I got some city tokens for it. I guess uh, a title for it. I, I you know I don't know. Uh, I, I think th- even you, everybody's got to have fun things on the side. Not everything can, you know, has to be uh, waging war against the giants or whatever. Oh, no, absolutely. So, even Norathians need to have a little fun. Drag racing kind of. It is. I mean, if it was more chariots and horses, okay, that makes sense to me. I mean, I guess you could fit that into the timeline of the story a little bit. Ether racing to me, uh, it's, a little, it's a little out there. You know, sometimes I think these gnomes go a little too far, frankly. And I, and I hate, I, you know, I, I don't want to see lasers and gunpowder and that sort of stuff. So I don't think there's lasers coming. You know, okay. You know, so I, I have this thing against the tinkering and the gnomes. I think they're going a little too far. I love tinkering. Uh, the day I see a motorcycle out there is the day I lose it. So There's no motorcycles. It's fun. It's cute. You don't have to do the ether races if you don't want to. Uh, they're not hurting anybody. What, what's a little gnome going to do to you, Del? Bite your uh, ankles? When he blows up my little, little platform and I go flying off the side of the cliff. <laughs> All right, next email, shall we? Yes, I think it's yours. It is. Alrighty, uh, the next email we have here is actually from Dalios as well. What a busy little beaver he's been. Um, and uh, his email is entitled Gasp! Exclamation point. I just listened to an episode of this wonderful show that had talked about your opinions on Insta90 characters. I began to think about how it would be to buy one. Assuming it is only the level that you get, you would still have to skill up everything, including AAs. Then I thought about the AA requirement in Sky Shrine, and a conspiracy slash epiphany hit me. What if the AA requirement in Sky Shrine is possibly a safeguard put in to keep the possibly soon-to-come Insta-level 90s at bay from affecting in-game since some people would obviously buy them and want to instant raid, etc. with them. This gives the levels without forcing an inexperienced player on the new tune into the general and game populace. I'm scared, Alicious. I've always been attached to my characters, especially the slow-to-level ones before Mercs, while I'm not so passionate about hating Insta Max level characters, I am passionate about my refusal to see 
EQ2 transformed into such an endgame-focused casual monster. Thanks for listening. Dalio Stamp Fist, Kenosian XR Berserker, well, wow, that's a mouthful, on the Freeport server. So, Ali, what do you think about uh, Dalios's comments in this email? Uh, well, I'm usually one crying conspiracy, but I think in this case, it might be a little bit far-fetched. Uh, I think the possibility of instant level 90s at this point, or instant max level, whatever, at this point, is a distant... Uh, honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that was one of those things that Smoke Jumper threw out there just to see what people thought, just to mull over. I, I don't think there's any conspiracy there. I think they did, in fact, put that in to to prevent people from leveling to 92 and being falling way, way short on their AAs uh, and just to sort of level the playing field for the 91s, 92s. It's an interesting thought that it would be laying the groundwork, but I think that would be a lot of work to lay the groundwork for something that is a, a maybe on whether they would actually sell any or not or how many they would sell. I, I don't think that's – I think it's a little far-fetched. However, the idea of buying instant max-level characters, I would imagine if I were paying money, if I were – someone who would buy a max level character, I would expect to get the real max level and along with that get max AAs as well. Max everything. Uh, I don't know about you, Dell, but I, I would expect I would expect the full boat, the full complement. Absolutely, Ali. If I'm paying good money, I want the full Monty. Good money? Yes. <laughs> Just like mom says? Yes, I want the full show, okay? Uh, I'm not going to pay for some stuff half done. Uh, yeah, I think if you're going to pay for Insta-90s, and uh, I do believe they're coming. Uh, much like the British, they are coming, right? Mm. So uh, whether it's, it's today, tomorrow, next year, I think Insta-max levels are, are coming. And uh, if they are going to be put out there, I would, I would agree with you. If you're going to be give the max level, you've got to give the max AAs as well. Uh, they're not learning their tunes. I think that I, I think I've made that case many times uh, that that would be my reason why uh, you're not learning your tune anyway. So might as well just give them everything. Do I envision somewhere down the road uh, uh, max level gear too? Ugh, as much as it pains me, yeah. Mm -hmm. Although I I would be opposed to that. I still do think you have to earn your gear. But I think at this point, uh, any reason why not to, or to try to force people to learn their tunes? Listen, that's not going to happen, right? Uh, there's too many ways to level. Uh, it's too easy to level. Uh, you go up so quickly. And again, I think as we've argued, you play the game one way from uh, level 1 to level 91. And then when you get to level 92, all of a sudden the game transitions into this other thing. Right? I mean, even look at, at the Sky Shrine material. The Overland Zone, you spend your whole time out there by yourself. It's designed around being by yourself. Then all of a yeah. sudden you, you, you get into, uh, into, into the, the city there. And all of a sudden, boom, it's portals to, into instant uh, zones or, or, or contested heroic stuff. I mean, there's, there's literally a line that you cross in the sand. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty clear as day that you do this solo and then you do this with, with other people. Um, and while you're leveling all that up and earning those prestige points and those AA points, uh, you don't need anybody else. So when you get to the max game and you want to start uh, getting more than just the gear that you got from the quest rewards, uh, you need other people. Right. 
uh, much like uh, other aspects in the game. Uh, you can talk about battlegrounds at some point too, like that as well. But this, this, you just need other people around you. But you don't get that. You don't get that play experience uh, from one to ninety-one, or from one to three hundred nineteen, or three hundred nineteen AAs. Yeah, but I think part of that is just because the people who are still playing, they're they're at end game basically. You know, it's not like people sit around in their 30s for the most part or 50s or whatever and go out and do instances and stuff like that. When that was max level, they did, but not anymore. Absolutely. You're correct. I mean, some people may, but not the vast majority. It's you're not going to be able to find too many people in level channel to build a group to go into runes of our soon. Absolutely not. The old days, it was, you know, everybody was looking for runny eye, right? Yeah. Uh, that even if you were in those level channels, do you think anybody's looking for somebody for runny eye? There might be one a week <laughs> if you're that lucky, right? Uh, but but I th- probably not anymore with Mercs. Oh, certainly you're right. Why? Why go? Why there? share? Why share the loot <laughs> with some human? Some. <laughs> player how vile other players mmo other players in an mmo (laughs) get in my way (laughs) uh but you know here here would be something interesting right as you were talking about this um i'm certainly advocating uh instamax level uh, being sold uh and why because i think a lot of veteran players would take advantage of that yeah i know it disgusts you but uh, it just makes me nauseated i can hear your skin crawling through the podcast uh but here's the thing uh, if you were to look at the populace of EQ2 players, how many of them, what percentage would you say are new players versus veteran players? Uh, I would make the argument it's somewhere in the realm of 90 to 10 or 95-5 maybe, that there's a huge population of veteran players. Why force them to grind through uh, 91 levels and 319 AAs? Just sell it to them. They're ah. not going to learn it anyways. They will. Oh, come on. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. I don't like it. I just think based on metrics. Del, Del this numbers. is so against your grain. I don't understand. So you're telling me that in a raid, if there are too many Templars mm. and you're told, well, you know, we need you to be an illusionist instead because we really need chanters. Uh, and, you know, you've done all this already anyway, so... You know, you need to. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not cutting it mm-hmm. in comparison to the other Templars. So you know, we need you to switch, and you're a regular player. So you need to go buy a max level character, an illusionist, and you know, we'll teach you the ropes, and and you'll have to play that tune. Uh, and it's seventy five bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Here's here's how I solve that problem. I stick my arms out and I go Wander Delmon, and I twirl, <laughs> and I go poof. Coercer. No, well, they want an illusionist, not a coercer. Okay, then I go, wonder illusion, poof. By the power of ISIS, I command, make me. All right, let's move on. You didn't answer the question. Uh, no, I definitely dodged it because. Uh, uh, you want max level characters, but you don't want to pay for it. That's. You no, don't want to be. No, I want, I want somebody else to pay for it. Right, you want. Okay, so then you'd say, well, you want me to switch? Give me the 75 bucks. Uh, yeah, I Somebody might- else. Okay, so so your raid leader pays for it. Here, Dell, seventy five bucks. Here uh, you go. Give me an illusionist. Bring it. I'll probably, you know, uh, I'll probably play it poorly, and then they'll make me switch back to the Templar. 
Uh, well, I probably was told to switch because I was already probably playing the Templar poorly. Uh, if somebody told me I had to do that, you know, that's that's one of those crossroads that I've talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am brand loyal to my Templar mm-hmm. to a fault. I know. Um, they wouldn't make you. No, the, I'm just trying to be argumentative. No, that's fine. But I would say I'm. Uh, that's a crossroads for me. It's because when the same thing would happen. You know, we've talked about that. Whatever that magical thing that's going to appear in Station Catch that you yes. must have, you must have this to to group with me. You must be this tall. You must have bought this. Uh, that's kind of the same scenario you're painting there. And I don't know what I would do. Uh, I, I try not to think about it. I, I, I got a funny feeling somewhere down the road that's going to happen. And. Dell is going to be a, a, at a point where he doesn't know what to do. He'll he'll actually have dared to headlight syndrome because I refuse to pay for things beyond my fifteen dollars a month to succeed. I think my skill and my ability, whether or not I have it, should be uh, the mitigating factor, not how thick my wallet is. And if I was told to do that, I would seriously have to think whether or not I want to be where I where I am. Maybe I'd have to find a new guild or a, a new server or, or whatever. I would be at a crossroads because I don't know what to do. But I do fear that is coming every day. I just was trying to argue that, you know, you're you're advocating the selling of Insta 90 characters, but yet I will pay for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I was just trying to work that out. Wonder Delmon. You just wanted an excuse to say that again. Okay, so I have another uh, message here. It came via in-game tell from Antisolum on the Guck server. He says he loves the show. Uh, After playing since launch, he's just getting back into EQ2 after a four-year break. It's quite a break. Mm, That is. Uh, But he said that the podcast helps a lot uh, with getting back into the game. And he also tells me that his Zerker loves his bow without agility since he doesn't need it. So I guess I stand corrected. Well, I got I got to give him credit. Uh, after a four year absence, he knows right away he doesn't need agility. <laughs> on he must the have read the patch notes. <laughs> he read the patch notes. Absolutely. Well, certainly welcome back. It's good to hear. Uh, you know, players are coming back uh, after taking uh, some time off, maybe to play another game or do some other stuff in life. But uh, and and great to hear that people are listening to the podcast and that uh, it helps them uh, not only get through the day but get through the game as well. Well, and the thing about the agility bows, I mean, you know. Obviously, there, you know, there's going to be somebody who can use that bow, but it's just that one little aggravation without any that aggravation of not having continuity mm-hmm. that really gets under my skin. Why not just put the fighter scout stats on all bows? I just don't understand. So, as far as you're concerned, Allie, a bow without agility is just wasted database space. It's just a piece of wood. <laughs> Speaking of wood. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, actually, that had nothing to do with our transition, <laughs> but uh, uh, I just wanted to say. You just say speaking of wood. Speaking of wood, yes. Wonder Delmon. Poof. Uh, but let's talk about Wonder Alley all of a sudden. Alley, there's uh, been a lot going on for you recently in game. Uh, some changes. Uh, what have you been up to recently? Yeah, a lot has changed. Actually, it's been a, a while. We haven't talked about it. We've been skirting the subject. We we have. Well, we didn't want it. We didn't want to uh, jinx it. That's the word I was looking for. I was going to yeah. say spoil, but it's really not a spoiler alert. Well, uh, one of our listeners actually called it out in uh, channel mm. uh, not too long after it happened. But I changed guilds. All right, very good. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. As you know, because I'm. Now in Delmon's Guild. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Somebody had just written us a little while back saying they thought it was interesting, uh, the perspective we could uh, offer with two different guilds. 
and, and then you came uh, and joined the dark side with Delmar. Yeah, so now we've got to ruin that uh, balance. So, <laughs> so uh, what what prompted you to want to join my guild? And I and I oh. say it that way. Right. Um, well, I wasn't really happy where I was, and I basically just needed a change. And so I kind of went where my friends were. <laughs> friends, friends, plural. Yes. Uh, all right. Very good. Now, this is kind of a, a step up a little bit in terms of uh, raid content a little bit for you. Yes. Uh, I, I was a little apprehensive about that. Um, you know, I don't like skipping content, and I skipped some stuff, which isn't very comfortable. And I kind of felt like I was out over my skis a little bit in the beginning. And I still do. There are nights when I definitely still feel like the uh, the weakest link. You know, every everything's a learning opportunity, I guess, is the way I look at it. I'm not as shaken in my boots as I was in the beginning. Um, but I definitely still have my moments. Okay, let me go back to something you were just saying there a moment ago about uh, kind of... Uh jumping up or skipping a level a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've certainly had that experience myself, as you know, Gally. Uh, Gally. <laughs> Allie, I've changed guilds uh, several times. Uh, uh, not because I'm a guild hopper again, because mostly every guild I seem to join seems to die off shortly after me joining. Right. <laughs> like the Grim Reaper of guilds, I guess. But uh, <laughs> there's a few times when I've had to do that when you're out looking. Yeah, uh, you, I, you're right. I want to stay kind of within my comfort zone in what I'm doing, and I don't want to jump up because I don't want to skip that level like I'm riding somebody else's coattails. Right. Uh, but not always is there a perfect one-to-one fit. Oh, I was killing Mob X, and this guild is doing the same exact thing. Right. And the last time I tried that, uh, I found a big gaping hole in my gameplay needs being not having the social aspect of guild life that that was missing uh when i tried to find the exact right fit for raiding which worked really well it was the exact right fit for raiding and the raiding was fantastic and the progression was exactly where i needed to be uh everything during raid time was perfect it was just after raid time when there was no everybody just logged out and i guess they were more burned out than i was at that point when i joined this is the previous guild I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And the social aspect of the game just was not there. And it was really, really depressing. So I had to leave that environment, even though I loved the rating and everything was great. I just couldn't do it anymore because there wasn't enough rating to fill that time. And the, the social aspect of the game is so important to me, you know, to only get it two nights a week or three nights a week for an hour and a half at a time is just not enough. And then as soon as, you know, raid shuts down, everybody, you know, last one out, turn out the lights. And it was just too depressing. So this time I wasn't necessarily like searching for a a raid guild. I was searching for an environment where I could raid and there were friends. So that's kind of why I ended up in your guild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think you make a really interesting point there, too, uh, that... You know, traditionally, a guild that raids, right? Obviously, a raid has a limited amount of slots. There are 24. Um, and as we've talked in the past, you can't have 24 random classes. Right. Right. It really has it, to be successful and progression successful moving forward all the time. You really have to have a really good balance of classes. Uh, so you just can't take any Johnny come around 
uh, who's whatever class are you going to wind up with 24 paladins, right? Or, you know, nine coercers and 12 troubadours or something like that. It, it just doesn't work. So, uh, you know, finding a, a large enough guild that's doing raids that has enough people uh, that they can swap in with a lot of complementary classes can be somewhat difficult uh, because everybody kind of wants to be on the field. They all want to be playing, right? You didn't join just to sit on the sidelines or, or ride the pine. Uh, but to balance that and have a large enough other population as well to fill in uh, those friends and families or second raid forces uh, really contributes to that, I think. It really does make for a very uh, positive guild experience. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I like about this situation that I'm in is, you know, like attendance, it's, we raid four nights a week, um, but it's not mandatory per se. It's just there's a greater reward if you have better attendance. Um, plus also, you know, obviously you have a better chance at winning loot if you're there. Well, <laughs> as opposed to not being there. <laughs> plus you have a better chance of getting a spot if you show up all the time. Um, but it's kind of like a, you know, kind of take what you want and leave the rest kind of, you know, if you, you decide what you want to get out of it and it's based on what you put into it. So if you only have time for a few nights a week and you're not going to make that 80% cutoff for, you know, uh, attendance, but you're still potentially going to get a spot. Uh, right. You know, I think what's really nice about the guild that we're in is uh, they really have struck a very good balance and accord between uh, real life and uh, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that can be a real challenge, I think, for a lot of guilds. You know, to recognize real life uh, is is important, is, is far more important than the game, something, Right. But in order for all 24 people to be successful, you need a certain level of commitment from everybody. And plus those, those fill-in people, those other, those other people who necessarily didn't make the cut for that night. Mm-hmm. You know, because there will, there will always be a night where somebody has uh, a school project or has to work late or a family emergency or a doctor's appointment. Something will always come up, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've built your force around 24 people in the 24 perfect classes that it takes to accomplish something, mm-hmm. uh, you can be up the creek a little bit when that one person isn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so striking that balance between we, we, we would love you to be here and it's important that you can be here so that we can be successful uh, on our scheduled nights, we also understand that at times stuff will come up that you won't be, you won't be available for. Right. Uh, and I think they've done a really good job of that. Uh, I, I think the pressure, though, is mostly imposed by the players, right? Not by yeah. the, the, the guild itself. They right. want to do well. Right. And, and I think that's very important that, you know, people want to do more. They always want to have their eye to the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate crate talks, right? I, <laughs> every time I hear crate talk. Could we absolutely do crate talks on any given night? Absolutely. But I hate it, right? Uh, because people aren't satisfied with just farming, uh, in this guild, they want to do more, and I think that's really good. They're always looking uh, to better themselves, and I think to better the overall raid force. Right. Well, because it's progression oriented, it, it almost doesn't. It almost doesn't matter, and I say that with a little asterisk. Uh, whether the loot's any good or not, because it's about progression first and foremost, or it seems to be, and it is for me. Obviously the almost not that important loot is important in order to progress 
And it's become important because people are trying to better themselves. But it's not the the be all and end all reason why people are there. At least not me. Uh, yeah, and I think that that I think that is a general tone for the guild. I think uh, that they are interested in uh, taking down the next big bad guy. Loot is a means to an end. While everybody enjoys getting loot, everybody enjoys not getting socks and underwear. Right. Uh, you need that sort of stuff so that you can take on that next mob. The the higher your crit chance, the better off you'll be. Uh, the better your potency, the better this, the better that. You know, the higher the stat, the more damage, the better healing. You know, all that stuff, you know, combined when you put 24 of them together allows you to move up that rankings. And, you know, uh, a site like EQ2 Progress gets a lot of hit, hits on it uh, because people are interested to see what other people are doing. It would be nice if that sort of stuff was in game, although sometimes it's a little hard to manage like that. You know, what, what really defines a guild or, or a kill or something like that. Mm. But I think, you know, in general, people look at it and say, you know, what's so-and-so doing? What's so-and-so up to? There is a certain amount of alley keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or the Martins or the, <laughs> or the whoever they might be. Or the Equilibriums. Uh, absolutely. Should I not say that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they know who they are. <laughs> now, now let me go back a little bit. You were talking about some of your fears, and I think these these will be interesting and fun to listen to. So, what yeah. were some of the things you were afraid of? Uh, being useless was my number one fear. Has that gone away? Yeah, because they let me in. Okay, <laughs> right. I mean that was the first step in the door. Like you can't even ring the doorbell if you're a ranger. Most places, right? Absolutely. Let's be honest. How many times have you seen, seen uh, shouts and channel uh, guild booking for Ranger? Oh, come on. Never. Right. So, you know, that was that was number one fear. And uh, I think for for that timing was everything. If I had waited even a few days, maybe a week or, or more, I probably wouldn't have made it. Because uh, there was another Ranger applying at the same time. And... He's there all the time, 100% attendance. So I think if I had waited, I wouldn't have gotten a spot. And so I guess I'm glad I pulled the trigger when I did. But that was my my biggest fear. And that was, you know, because, I mean, who needs a ranger? Uh, you make a really good point there. I mean, when it comes down to, I think, for guilds recruiting, they're kind of looking for four categories, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, some type of tank, some type of healer some type of utility, and then there's DPS, right? Now, maybe those last two sometimes uh, have places where they cross over. Mm-hmm. When you're talking that last category, that DPS category, uh, you can toss a lot of classes in there, and they're just all the same. All you, DP- all you DPSs look the same to me, right? Mm-hmm. You have one function. Uh, don't die and do DPS. Right. Right? Maybe you have to clicky on something. Maybe you have to run something away. Maybe you have to uh, uh, cure well cure yourself with some device, uh, but uh, there's there's no usual defining categories. And you know, of all classes, Ali, the one that you enjoy the most, the ranger, uh, doesn't bring anything to the table other than DPS. Right. Of which, as you have said in the past, you have to pay for. Correct. But I would argue, I would argue that even though assassins bring more DPS significantly more DPS, I think. What what rangers bring is a larger range DPS. Now, you could argue, well, wizards and warlocks bring range DPS, too, which is why I've been called a ghetto mage, and I actually really enjoy being in the mage group. 
we theoretically could live longer than a wizard or a warlock. Well, you wear chain. Yeah. And they don't. Correct. Uh, now, in general, now I, I have to be honest with you. you. You people in those lower groups that all you DPS. I was being lower honest when groups. I said all, all, all you DPS look the same to me. Right. Uh, does a warlock uh, have a greater range than you? Or are, are, are truly rangers their namesakes? Are they really the uh, class that can do mm-hmm. the most damage from the greatest no. distance? No, 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 no. Mages are always going to be better. Even but, at, even at even at that staying out of AE damage range. Yeah. Okay. But but you could argue that I would survive a, a you know a joust better. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you play. Okay. I mean, I you know you could. I we're sort of on the line. We're between scout and mage. We're kind of in the middle. You know, it's not like anybody is saying, "Well, we absolutely must have a chain wearing range DPS class." No. No, no, right. Especially when you have nothing else, no hate transfer, no, you know, no buffs, no not, no nothing. <laughs> well, you're right. You kind of are at a disadvantage in that. Uh, and I've always thought I think rangers should maybe have some form of eh. raid-wide buff. Maybe No, accurate. it's a trade-off because if they do that, then they take away more DPS. And I don't want that. So, you know what? Leave me with nothing. That's fine. I'm, I'm done arguing because I know that there's going to be a takeaway. They're going to take something away. And I'm going to be unhappy on the other side, too, because they think it's balanced right now. So, fine, let's leave it alone. And I'll just work within this little box that I have, because I understand the box that I'm in right now. I don't want them changing the box. Okay. Uh, So you don't think desirability would be greater if you had more buffs or a buff? Uh, I do think it would be greater Mm -hmm. desirability of a ranger if, but then, nah, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't, eh, I don't want that anymore. I mean, I want something if it was if it actually was adding something and not say, taking something away. Because I know what would happen is they would take away some DPS. They would nerf DPS in order to give us something good. Okay. Isn't that always the way it goes? Uh, like the arrows. Well, if you want them to drop more, then we're going to have to make them do less damage. Uh, right? You're, you're absolutely right. It, it, it is a great game of give and take. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give anymore, so... Right, and That's some, okay. <laughs> sometimes they take more than they give. Yes, and you and give I, more than they can. And when they change things, they break things. So let's not have that. Oh, go, don't go there. All right, <laughs> fair enough. So, um, talk about some of the raid encounters that you've been on, and, and some of the problems that you've, you've had, and had to, how you've overcome them. Man, okay, where do I begin? I hate Drunder. Why? Why hate Drunder? Drunder loves you. Oh, I mean, I like when I'm in the moment. It's great. Right. Okay. But it's getting there. It's like okay, they all look the same. Okay, you can argue, yeah, this color, that color, this uh-huh. icon, that icon, to tell the difference. Yeah, sure, whatever. I can't tell the difference. They all look the same, and I cannot remember anything to save my life. I have a stack of notes for every encounter, and I'm constantly. Am I not sending you tells? Is this the second mob or the third? What's the next one? And I have to flip my notebook to get to the right one. And try and jog my memory about what what we're supposed to be doing or where I'm supposed to be standing, et cetera, et cetera. Because I can't remember anything. They all blend together. Okay. All blend together. And I'm old and I can't remember anything to begin with. <laughs> so I, I rely on notes. And, you know, I'm just making sure that I don't screw up or, you know, stand in the wrong place or forget something. And, and, I, and I always, <laughs> this is so sad. You're going to laugh at me. I always am hoping that there's a recruit on the raid because then it gets explained again. 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, hopefully none of them are listening. <laughs> it's totally pathetic. But as soon as we go once, then I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Or mm-hmm. when something happens, then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now after we wipe. Or when I, you know, I'm standing in the wrong place and I get yelled at. Well, I don't get yelled at, but. I, I think you're right. I think once you see the, the ball get rolling, proverbially, yes. when you see yes. the herd starting to move, oh, yeah, that's, we got a joust here. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, here comes, the, there's the red text. Uh, that's what this is. Or, you know, uh, kill yeah. this out. You know, as soon as, as soon as you get into the, in, into the play, yeah. uh, it starts to, to unfold and you, you do remember it. I, I have the same problems at times. Yeah. Which one? Are the, okay. Yeah, that's the, I can't remember all the cures. Uh, and I have not been doing a good job. I did a far better job in the, the DOV zones uh, mm-hmm. than I did in the Sky Shrine and certainly now uh, some of the hard mode runder that we're doing. Uh, remembering which ones I'm supposed to cure and which ones my partner is supposed to cure. I, I'm inevitably taking a, a cure or two, uh, AE or two, to figure out which ones I'm supposed to be doing. It's, oh, yeah, now I remember. Uh, wrong, that was the wrong one, dum-dum. You're supposed to be on this one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I can appreciate that as well. Uh, is there any particular encounter that you uh, that you have enjoyed uh, that stands out the most? Uh, actually, I like the Sevalor Putridor. We're going back to Sky Shrine now. The okay, Sevalor Putridor. The first time we did that, it was like oh, there's all these moving parts, and I was like, oh my god, I'm not going to make it. I'm I I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, but as soon as the rhythm was going. I think it was the second time we were there that I felt really comfortable. It was like clockwork and everything went exactly like it was supposed to. And I was doing everything right. I didn't screw up. And it just was like bing, bang, boom. And it just felt so good to have, you know, that challenge of all of these moving parts and feel like I was over my head and actually it like everything fit together really well, like a little jigsaw puzzle. And it was just perfect. Uh, that was fun, and I really enjoy that fight uh, the because one- it's it's because it's hard, and there are so many things that could screw up. You know, uh, absolutely. The one that I enjoy the most uh, myself is is Sullen Zek because it's everything uh, Delmon the Templar likes. Uh, it's got some uh, arcane AEs that I can specifically ward uh, as the main tank healer. I don't have to move. I stand in <laughs> I stand in one place. Look at the floor. Uh, look at the timers and cure and heal. That's that's really all it is. So uh, uh, while while there's a ton of other stuff going on around me mm-hmm. that I am I will be honest I am literally oblivious to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know this is, this is a great question, Allie. When you, when you're when you're in these raids and there's a lot going on in some of these encounters. You talk about uh, Sevalor. We talk about Sullen Zekir. There's a ton of moving parts and a lot mm-hmm. of components. I might, you often send me tells going, you know, is this the one? And I'm like, I have no idea. I know right, I right. stand here and I cure this, right? right. Uh, I don't know if that makes me a good or a bad player. Now, uh, is that something you've struggled with? Uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking as you were talking about Saul and Zach and why you like that so much. It's because you get to be a Templar. Yes. And that's all. Yes. You're not asked to be, you know, to, to run around and be Super Mario, Right. You're not you're not doing all this other stuff. You're being a Templar. You're doing what you do best. And um, maybe and I think you're right. I think those encounters that ask us to do our class the best that we can are the ones that are the most fun. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. They it, that encounter lets me do all the things that I do mm-hmm. well. 
mm-hmm. uh, and all the things I don't do well, like you suggest, like the running around and the jumping and the moving, both as a class because I can't heal on the run other than uh, Rowan Thea, right? Um, so I'm, I have to be stationary to do what I do. Uh, but meanwhile, the real-life Delmont hates those sort of arcade-like games anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't excel at them. So uh, jousting is always a pain in the butt to me. Mm-hmm. Another one that's fun is, um, I forget the guy's name. It's the one with the little, it's the scout debuff. It's in Sullen. I think it's the second or third the guy, is it a kobold or whatever? Yes. It has the little t- totems that spawn, uh, and the, you have to run. The, well, the orc is the the orc is the one with the running back and forth with the totems. That is that's the orc then. Okay, and the, whatever his name is, and you have to click your clicky to turn off the thing. Right, right. <laughs> yes, you have to. You get the yellow vision. Yes. You have to click your pox shard or whatever it's called. Correct. That's the arc. I pre- don't prevent the whatever bad things to happen to the raid. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Molgar or some Molder or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Mogur Glogger. Something. Mogur yeah. Blood Taint or something. Oh, no. That sounds giantish. Well, anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know who we're talking about. Uh, that one's fun, too. Because, and I think I, I really like all these moving parts fights after we master them. Now, that one, it was already mastered when I came in the door. So it was just a matter of Allie figuring out what you guys were doing and learning how to do it instantly. And those are fun because the hard work's already been done. <laughs> that sounds so awful. But, I, I mean, I do enjoy, I'd rather be there from the beginning of a, a learning process because then I get to see the outcomes of the wrong choices and the reasons behind the choices in positioning and group setup and, you know, jousting and death preventing and whatever else is going on. You know what I mean? I'm involved in that. I mean, not, not involved in making those decisions, but at least present and I get to hear what's happening and why these choices are being made. So it, it helps me understand the fight a little better and remember it better. I guess if I'm there from the beginning. Uh, now let me ask you about that that particular encounter because it has an aspect of, about it that I, I always I always wonder about and uh, we see this uh, in a lot of a lot of raid encounters and it's more of a raiding question than necessarily you joining the guild but when you're raiding and there's certain red text that pops on the screen or mm-hmm. doesn't pop on the screen but there's something that one person has to do yes uh, and that in that encounter a person ha- one person gets the deba- uh, an arcane on them and they have to uh, click an item to yes. turn it off. Now they have to click that item not too quickly but not too slowly, mm-hmm. right? And, and so there's a little bit of you have to hold back, right? I mean, as a DPS class, I'm sure you want to just click the button right away and move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you fail to do that, your name is put up in red lights for everybody to see. Allie has failed to click her clicky and thus unleashing massive damage on all of you. And everybody dies. What do you think about, one, encounters that spell out people's names who screw up? <laughs> and two, uh, a fail condition that is really based on one person failing. Okay, I have several thoughts. I like, uh, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I, I enjoy encounters that require everybody to be focused and present. And if your name goes in lights, if that makes you be more focused and present, then I actually kind of like those encounters. I don't, I know nobody likes to be called out, but I, I think it's a better raid experience for everybody to be present anyway. 
And that's maybe why I liked Veneral Sather so much back in the day when it was, you know, before they nerfed it, because you could not screw up at all. It was an automatic fail if any one person screwed up one of the many things that had to be done. And I really, really liked that because it required 100% focus from 24 people 100% of the time, and you had to work together as a force, like you know, 300, we are one. And I, I think that's one of the great things about rating is that we are one unit, not 24 disparate people doing 24 different things. Somebody talking on the phone, somebody playing uh, solitaire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody is focused and together and working towards a common goal. And those moments are the win moments. Those are the feel-good moments. Those are the jump-out-of-your-chair-and-cheer moments when you win something that is so hard and it requires everybody's 100% focus. To me, that is the most rewarding experience because you have just experienced that with 23 other people and you have a bond. And it sounds really hokey and goofy, but that's that's what I enjoy about rating, those moments. and And so the... The name and lights thing, that's like a, and maybe it separates the men from the boys, quote unquote. Uh, but I, I kind of see it as more of a, that's a mechanic in the game that is telling you how to do the encounter, kind of. If you don't, you know, somebody had to do these encounters for the first time, right? There was no wiki on them or whatever, right. the very first time. So there are cues in the game. There, in every encounter, there are cues. There, there's chat from the, you know, spatial chat from the mobs, or there's messages about somebody being too close to whatever during whatever AE. Uh, there's messages about somebody not using their clicky or whatever. And those are intended to guide you to the correct way to beat the encounter. So it's not necessarily a the game is calling you out and embarrassing you right it's supposed to be helping you figure out how to do the encounter uh yeah for myself i am not afraid of my name in red text uh there's countless ways that in at least in my role uh that i can screw up that will cause uh catastrophic events it may not be the one event but i can certainly set uh, things in motion by uh, not failing to, failing to cure something or not healing the, the main tank. And once the main tank, you know, things like that can s- uh, spiral out of control. So uh, whether or not I uh, am afraid of doing one particular thing that will cause an absolute wipe or kicking off a chain reaction uh, by failing to do something that will cause wipe, I, I, I seem to be in a role that can do that all the time. So I'm not afraid of my name and lights anymore. I'm thrilled when I get to hear uh, uh, guild tools like Guild Connect call my name. I like to hear my name. <laughs> Say my name, bitches, during raids. <laughs> nice, you know. Nice. Um, but what I, I I don't like in you know, Veneral Sathir is a great example because I think at the time that was really the only one that I can think of where there was an absolute one person fail condition mode type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as we've marched a little forward since then, we have seen uh, more of them, and I'm not really keen on that mechanic. Uh, it's okay when it's used sparingly. Uh, but I think it might be a little too overdone uh, for my taste. I, I think if one person makes a mistake, uh, the other 23 should be able to figure out how to still win. To overcome right. the mistake, yeah. Heal through it, power through it, DPS them, you know, kind of thing. 
we we see that a little bit in in Putrichor, uh Sevalor there, where if the ad doesn't go down, I think it is, uh, mm-hmm. he starts getting more buffs. Mm-hmm. Well, if if the healers hunker down, we can power through that type of mode, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not an absolute fail condition. Uh, it, it can be really close, or when you're just starting out, the encounter will absolutely be one. But there is a way to 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 overcome the failing to click your clicky is just you know a hundred thousand focus damage and everybody drops instantly, right? There's there's no way to salvage that. So I like I like encounters where we can dig out of the hole if we create it. I'm not, I'm not completely adverse to uh, insta-fail conditions, uh, but as long as they're used sparingly. Yeah, I will agree with that. Used sparingly, definitely. And I do like being able to overcome lacking, you know, areas that are lacking or mistakes or whatever, smooth over the rough edges a little bit with your ability if you, if you can. Mm-hmm. And I think those those are more of a test to the pl- individual players. But I do like... When the raid encounter requires 24 people to be 100% focused and not have hangers-on who are just riding coattails and being AFK. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I yep. do like those. And and sparingly, yes, absolutely. Absolutely sparingly. But those are, to me, those, when you beat them, those are the best. Those are the most exciting moments when you beat them. It's like that Mayang moment you were talking about. Right, right. Uh, and, and, you know, I think, too, like when you power through it, you do win. You, to steal a sports analogy, it's kind of like when it's, it's one-on-one with a breakaway and you're the only defender. Can you stop, you know, the two-on-one? You know, can I rise above the adversity that's put upon me? Because when we do it on those several where we have slipped up a little bit uh, and I see us heal through it, you know, from a, from a healer point of view, a member of the clerics union, yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, we we overcame. You know, mm-hmm. we defended. We 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 beat it. We beat it back into submission, and we can mm-hmm. get this back under control. I actually find those to be more exciting than mm-hmm. the one than the, the one person just clicking everything. You know, and getting us through. You know, how many how many iterations of that we have to do? Yeah, we had another. We had a uh, night like that. I think it was last night when we did. Um... Uh, this is in and CAB. They all blend together. I don't remember the guy's name. It's the one where I think maybe this was the Cobalt, where you have you have a bunch of ads that spawn. The priest has to go down first. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so, Harry the Cobalt, as I call yeah, him. Yeah, that guy. Okay, so there was a, and then there's like something that had, the ad stops spawning after forty five percent. Right. So we had one round of ads, and then the raid leader says, "Okay, let's just get him to forty five. And at that point, I think all the DPS in their mind was going, hey, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it. And we were working really hard and a couple of people died and we set us back a little bit. But I think everybody was churning to like get it to 45 so we didn't have any more ads. And that was like a mini, mini ding moment in my head because we burned it really hard and got got him down. So I don't know, things like that where you are capable of succeeding or capable of pushing yourself and maybe everybody else is pushing the raid to just eke out a little bit more of something in order to have success. Does that make sense? It it, it absolutely does. Uh, Can I go back to something you were saying earlier a little bit? Yeah. And ask you a question. You you use the term, and I've heard it uh, quite often when people refer to uh, raiding guilds and certainly hardcore. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of that term because hardcore can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, But you said getting yelled at. 
I, that was a joke. I know, I know. But I think there's a lot of people out there who have a, uh, a perception when you talk about rating or rating yeah. guilds or, per, or, or uh, progression-oriented guilds. Or even, you know, if you remember back when we had spiders, you know, those uh, end game, those, uh, those uh, best of the best type guilds, uh-huh. uh, that, that in order to be successful, you have to be yelled at. Yeah, I don't see that at all. And I think, um, I mean, I know where you're coming, but the expression getting yelled at is like, it's, it's to me, it's just like, you know, somebody called me out or somebody said, you know, you're standing in the wrong place. Is that getting yelled at? No, but it's getting yelled at in my head because I did something wrong. I screwed up, right? Um, there's no yelling at all. There's no yelling at all. There's almost sometimes no talking at all, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the other end of that is like, if you don't know what you're doing, no one's going to help you unless you ask. You need to figure it out. You need to hold up your end of the stick. The thing about that is, you know, nobody's yelling at you because hopefully you're there because you want to do well and you want the raid to do well and you want to be you want to have success as a raid, as a raid party. So it's almost like everybody else is pushing each other i look at the parse and i because that's my thing is dps there are times when you know i i finish an encounter i'm like wow i really aced that when i was awesome let me look and see how great i was i go over the parse and i'm like fifth crap so i push myself that much harder because i want to be on top i'm always want to be on top i don't care if it's mages i don't care i want to be better than everybody always Always, always, always. And if I'm not, then I'm pushing, always pushing. And I'm not going to settle for second or third or fourth or fifth. I'm going to keep pushing. And I think other people and, like, competitiveness and and cooperation, I mean, there is cooperation even though you are competitive. You know, you're kind of pushing each other in order to win together. You're not against each other. You are together. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it it does. It really does. Uh, I, I've had a few uh, yelling at moments and being yelled at moments myself. Uh, although I, I, it's not like uh, I, I'm drawing some form of ire against somebody. But much like you say, I, I view rating as a little bit of like a team sport. Right? There's a lot of people working on it. And, you know, sometimes somebody makes a great play and you, you want to high-five them, right? Or spank their butt. Right. Give them a little <laughs> tap on the tootsie. Uh, but there's other times you want to go over and go, hey, dude, get your head in the game, right? Pay mm-hmm. attention. You know, focus, focus. You know, like when you see a player come over to the sideline, the coach is, you know, a little, giving them a little barking order. You know, get, you know, make the play, make the tackle, do what you need to do, you know, uh, focus out there. So is that being yelled at? No. Listen, uh, wipes happen all the time. Bad plays happen all the time. You go back to the huddle, you get the next play, and you go back in, right? You know, have I snapped? Absolutely. Have I yelled at the screen without the mic open? Absolutely, right? Have I known people are yelling at their monitors at me too? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I don't carry a grudge. I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, permanently mad at somebody. I'm not kicking them to the curb type of thing. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in the heat of the moment. I want to do well because – um, this is a little bit of competitive, both against, you know, for us, you know, being progression oriented against other, you know, some of the other guilds, we want to have our tick mark on the website, uh, but against, uh, like you say, against yourself as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the best DPS or I want to be the best healer. Or I want to do, I want to be the best cura. I want to do my job, whatever, whatever's required of me at that moment really well. 
Does it tick me off when people die? Absolutely. It even ticks me off more when they die on my watch or because I failed to do something right. I mean, uh, there's many times I'm like, damn it, I, I should have gone for the group cure when I went for the single, right? Or mm-hmm. I should have I canceled that and cured that. You know, I, I should have had this up at that moment. And that make, it really does get, get under my skin a little bit because I, I, I want to do well. I, I do want to do well, so, although there's some nights when I'm you know, less motivated. But, so am I yelling at people? Yeah. Am I yelling at myself? Yeah, just as well. I mean, as much as I might bark at somebody else, I deserve to be barked at as well at times. And mm-hmm. I and I think that's okay. Uh, you know, win or lose, you go into the locker room and you come out the next for the next game. You're still a team. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's really no barking at each other for the most part. It's you know, people are civilized and you know, it's figuring out stuff. I haven't heard anybody raise their voice at all. Uh, no, there's no and yelling, there's but there's no... a hey, come on, guys, focus. You know, uh, well, but that's not really. Some people might argue that's getting yelled at. Really? I okay. So. Well. I, I think that's yeah. Like I mean, this, that's this, this, the the quote unquote, you know, getting yelled at, right. the proverbial, right? It's quit noobing, quit noobing it up, right? right. Let's not noob this up. Exactly, you know? exactly. I think some people might envision, and I think that's where the poor perception of, in order to be in a rating uh, guild or progression oriented guild, you must get yelled at. Yeah. Well, you, sometimes, like you say, it's just being called out. Hey, you're in the wrong place. Right. You know, would some people? Oh my God, do some people turtle with that? Absolutely. Uh, do other people say, oh, you're right, I was. Or or I even enjoy even more so, I screwed that up. I was in the wrong place, guys. That was right. all me. No need to look and act. No need to look you know, look for the answer. That was me. Yeah. I, I chose poorly. <laughs> type right. Thing. And, and, hey, we all make mistakes. It's when you make a lot of them or you make the same mistake over and over again that, you know, I think people can become a little irritated with that. Yeah. Right. It's one thing to be in the wrong place. It's the next thing to be in the wrong place at the, sex, the same exact time at the next poll. Right. Uh, so about what were your expectations? I mean, have, has has the new guild fulfilled all your hopes and dreams, Allie? Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's great. I didn't think I was going to make it, to be honest. And I, and I know I've sent you tells during my recruitment period. Mm-hmm. But I would like to point out it took me a week and a day less than you to become a member. Just saying. I, I didn't know we were whipping them out like that to Patrick, <laughs> but okay, fair enough. There it is. I'm sure that has nothing to do with anything other than bad timing or something. I don't know. Anyway. Now I'm getting yelled at. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. I was like, you know, I, as nervous as I was about even being able to ring the doorbell as a ranger, I think even more than that, I was hoping that I would be better than I was. Like, I really kind of thought I had my stuff together, but it turns out I wasn't that great. I wasn't as great as I thought I was. You know, I mean, I thought I had it together. I thought, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I just need some gear. Oh, no, not even close. Not even close. So I, well, I mean, close. I was in the right neighborhood. I just needed some help with tweaking some stuff and understanding some stuff a little bit more specifically inaccurately in order to push to the next level, which you kind of have to do. I don't even know how much plaid I've spent reforging and re adorning and re readorning and using up, you know, my little freebie reset for my AAs. I mean, I've redone everything so many times and, and buying arrows and buying stuff to make arrows and 
everything needs to be at the max. Everything needs to be at the max. And, you know, like I said, I thought it was good, but I wasn't good enough when I came in the door. And so I was very concerned that my not good enough was not going to be good enough. So, and, you know, and then of course I'm doing dumb things, you know, standing in the wrong place, not being on the right mob. And just when you do dumb things, when the raid leader's there, which seemed to happen every time I find myself doing a dumb thing and like, oh, God, why does it have to be when the raid leader's here? When he's not here, I'm, I'm not screwing up. I don't know. Doing yeah. dumb things. I, I so, think it's human nature to only screw up when the spotlight is on, right? Oh, God. You it's know? just, it was like, it was almost comical at some point. You know, when he wasn't around, I was fine. I was like, hey, hey, this is great. And then he'd come back and, and I'm doing a stupid thing again, you know, like being on the wrong side or joust dying and oh, just dumb, just dumb things. So I think that part of that is just like jitters, um, which that's kind of gone now, mostly. You know, the, the, the being nervous about not being good enough. I mean, I sent you how many tells in the middle of raid or at the end of raid. I'm not going to make it. I don't know. Maybe I should take my hand out of the ring. I'm really, you know, I almost quit. I almost gave up about five or six times and I just had to log out and walk away and sleep on it. And you kept saying, you know, why don't you just let them decide? Don't quit. Just let them decide. If if you're not good enough, according to the rest of the raid, then fine. There's your answer, but let them decide. And in the end I had to, you know, talk myself off the ledge several times to not quit basically. I, I asked you one question a lot, and that question was, are you having fun? Yeah, and the answer is always yes. And the answer was always yes. So, And that's when I said, well, then let them decide whether or not you're good enough. Right. You know, they'll, they'll know. And, and uh, I think, you know, throughout your recruitment process, uh, you went to some, some people and said, hey, can you take a look at this? Take a look at my gear. Take a look at my AA. Help me. You know, is there anything I could be doing that, you know, differently that might improve some stuff? Right. Um, and I, I don't think that's wrong for anybody, right? I think, mm-hmm. you know, everybody needs, I mean, uh, constant improvement. There's, there's a lot to the game. I, even probably myself, there's probably things I should be doing better. Uh, you know, slowly, you know, I pick up different things. Uh, and and it, it goes for all different classes, right? It, you know, it's something as simple as your casting order could could bump you a couple thousand worth of DPS. Right. Just because you click this button before that one could mean mean uh you know more damage or something like that or, or refresh rates and stuff like that so i think constant improvement is important and i think when it comes to these sort of things uh, are you having fun and, and that's where you have to decide for yourself is this what i want to do and if not then you move on but if it if it is leave it up to the other people to decide whether or not you're good because they have the most experience uh, they've been doing it a lot they're looking for a good fit for themselves and they know what their standards are right mm-hmm. uh, you're mm-hmm. judging yourself am i good enough well how do you know because you don't necessarily know what their measure of good is right mm-hmm. you know uh, you yourself uh, are always setting the bar as high as possible uh, maybe they don't put the bar so high <laughs> well you, you want to be the best right but you, you know they know what they what the what the guild is looking for uh, and there are a lot of things you know i think when when you have a large guild like that you have a lot of people looking at a lot of different things and providing different input from their own perspective Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I guess my my reason for that is, you know, I I mean, that for me, challenging myself to be the best is a personal challenge. But I would expect the bar to be high 
because I don't bring anything else to the table but DPS. So why wouldn't I be on top? Why shouldn't I be on top? I should be. And if I'm not, why wouldn't they just take somebody else? Uh, you know what I mean? As, as much as being high in a bar chart, and this is, I, this is maybe a topic we should definitely delve into later. Uh, success in EQ2 is not necessarily how tall your bar chart is, right? Right. right. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying all other things being equal. Mm-hmm, you're right. Right. But- like, I know I come prepared. I do what I'm told. I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, or I try to anyway. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I don't, you know, cause problems. If I have a question I ask, I can learn and I don't make the same mistake more than three times. <laughs> In a given night. Or so. <laughs> in a given night on a given zone right. on a given encounter. Until I forget. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But there's a lot of things I think that go into making up a good member of a guild. Uh, and having high DPS for a DPS class is important. But good attendance, like you say, understanding the encounters, picking things up relatively quickly, uh, being able to adapt, you know, when something does go wrong. Well, I didn't always joust to the same corner. I went to somewhere. You know, so there are a lot of things that go into that sort of uh, – into the decision-making process for that, uh, along with, you know, what are, what are their metrics? What are their nu- numerical results? Let's mm-hmm. take a look at that. And then there's a lot of other things. Because sometimes, you know, you could be the most awesome DPS alley, but if you only show up once a month, well, then that, that doesn't help, right, anybody? Uh, I, I think there are a lot of different things that go into that. Well, but I still, you can't, if you have a bar chart to measure, you can't help but try to be the best. You can't help it. I can't help it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me, let me ask you one last question. Though. Okay. Are you happy? Yes. Are you having fun? Was Absolutely. this a good decision? It was a very good decision, and it's actually way better than I thought it was going to be. I really thought it was going to be lacking the social aspect, but there's more social interaction than I need. <laughs> so it's, it's way better than I thought. And there's there's always other stuff going on. It's definitely more of a guild than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more about raiding, but it's mostly just a guild with stuff going on in all facets. And there are different like departments almost of the guild. You know, there's there's the the casual raid for whatever, not casual, the whatever you want to call it, another raid force. Um, there's grouping going on there's people doing battlegrounds there's a whole crafting group i mean there's always stuff going and then there's like the total casual people who don't do any raiding and sort of just do their own thing so there's always stuff going on and it's it's like a little community that raiding is part of as opposed to it being all about raiding and having just a couple of people on the side never talking uh, you're right. Now, we've spent a lot of time talking about the rating aspect, but you're absolutely right. Uh, this particular guild, there is uh, there are a lot of people doing a lot of different things uh, regularly. They're always around. Uh, and I think that's a testament to both the membership, you know, the people who are in it, uh, and the leadership. I think the leadership has done a really good job of balancing all those. Uh, and that can be a challenge, you know, with a lot of people, a lot of different personalities, uh, a lot of different takes on the way things should be. I, I think they've done a really good job at, at balancing input, but also sometimes having to say this is the way things will be a little bit. Yeah, I, I have to say, I I believe from this experience and other things that I've seen, I really feel most comfortable in an environment where there's one leader who is making the decisions, whether, you know, if there's behind the scenes discussing with officers, fine, whatever, but a decision is made and that's it. And there's nobody 
questioning that and there's nobody arguing with that. It just is what it is. And I, I, I prefer that, um, you know, like when raid is being made up and I never asked to sit. If I have to sit, I'm just sat. I don't have to make a decision. It just is done for me. You know, I, there's no question, you know, there is no asking for volunteers and all that nonsense. It just, it, it's, it is what it is. You know, the decision is made based on what's necessary and what's needed and maybe rotation of people who have sat before and whatever. And those decisions are beyond my purview. And I, I like that. I think that that is to me the most comfortable because then it's not the onus is not on the members to be nice to each other. I mean, to do favors for each other and feel obligated to each other in that way. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I'm not like, sure. I'm not sure if anybody's doing any favors for me. Well, <laughs> Giving no, me saying, back room cookies or anything. I guess what I'm saying is if, if there's too many people on to raid, he decides who's coming and who's not coming. Yeah. Based on whatever criteria. It's not like I'm expected to volunteer to sit every so often. And, you know, because I don't want to sit. I don't I don't want to sit ever. If somebody has to sit, if it's required to, you know, that somebody sit and, and it's basically put left up to volunteer to do that, I feel obligated to sit and I don't want to. No, I agree. I have never volunteered to sit when, when uh, you know, for somebody has ever asked in any of the guilds I've been in because my take was uh, I signed I signed, uh, I signed, signed on to raid tonight mm-hmm. uh, and I joined uh, this particular guild t- to raid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be on the field. I, I think that's part of my nature. I want to be on the field, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't want to be on the sidelines. However, I do respect uh, leaderships or, or, to take the analogy back to sports, the coach's position Mm-hmm. Say, hey, it's your time to come out. Right. All right, coach. I, I might not be thrilled with that, but fine. It, that's your job, your role to do. My role is to say, I'm ready to go back in, coach. Put me in. I'm ready to play. Right. That's exactly what I mean. It's the decisions are not left to the members to make. Mm-hmm. It's those decisions are made and it takes away all the guilt feelings or feeling bad about anything. Uh, absolutely. It's their job to put the best, in our case, 24 people on the field. And sometimes that's the combination of classes and whatever. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, yeah. Uh, and sometimes when it's your turn to to sit out, you got to grab yourself a Gatorade. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Allie, I think we're going to check back in you, uh, see how you're doing. Okay. We'll study your progress. We uh, will. Okay. <laughs> see if I've become a mage yet. Yeah, yes, to see if you I'm become mage. Uh, Constantly maybe, striving to become a mage. Uh, you're already doing better than me. You're not in G5 as much. So. Oh, please, please. All right. Uh, how about we talk about our uh, least favorite, most favorite for uh, episode number 49, shall we? Yeah. You want so, me to start? Sure. Why don't you go first with your least? Well, it is Tinkerfest, as you know. Ooh, yes. My, my least favorite thing is people trying to steal my cogs in Freeport. I, I, hold on. Hold on. Before you, are people reaching out for your cog? Are people grabbing your cog, Allie? Are they yanking your cog away? Oh, my God. What <laughs> the hell was that? I'm just asking. Did somebody reach down and grab your cog right in front of you? God. Uh... I can understand the pain, though. I have encountered the same thing. Yes, I found uh, myself singing, hey, you, get off of my cog. Hey, hey, you, you. All right. <laughs> 
I, I had the same problem. Uh, are you done uh, uh, grabbing Ranty? all the, Well, uh, I was going to say, are you done grabbing all the cogs that you need? <sighs> yes. Okay. I have all my cogs. I'm done grabbing cogs. Okay. Uh, how about before we get our uh, R rating any higher? Uh, my least favorite uh, is the uh, lack of fixes to achievements in Game Update 64. Mm. Uh, there were some, but not as uh, not enough to make me happy. Unfortunately, there are still broken ones, and these need to be addressed uh, pronto, tanto, uh, to make Where me happy. Tanto. So, uh, yeah, I, I, there are just too many broken still. Get them fixed, please. Oh, okay. I'm sure they'll get right on that. What's your my- uh, most favorite? My favorite thing is the higher capacity mount tab. Yay! Uh, good one. I like that. Yes. Yes. And now I have more mounts to put in it. Did you immediately stuff your mounts in the bigger tab? Yes. I went and actually there's still a camel and something else in my house. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't Maybe the camel's not a mount. I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Very good. <laughs> camels are funny, though. <laughs> I think I still have some in my house I need to grab and throw in there, but I have new ones too. So, and plenty of room for more. What's your favorite, Del? Uh, my most favorite thing uh, this episode is uh, pre made battlegrounds groups. Parentheses when I'm in them. Close and, parentheses. And made by someone else? Yes. Uh, someone else doing all the work. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I, could, I had a hard time with my making this both my most and least favorite at the same time. Pre made battlegrounds. Battle, Pre-made battleground groups, awesome, except for when you're not in them, because then it's just a death fest. Uh, to quote somebody, they said battlegrounds, uh, some nights you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. Uh, I seem to be the bug a lot more than I get to be windshield. Didn't Lico say that on he, our show? He did. He did. And uh, I think he reminded me of that in Twitter the other day as well. So when I'm in a pre-made okay. battleground groups, goes well. The other night, it took me eight runs to get on a winning team, Ellie. Eight runs just to get my mission done for the day. I'm just, I can't believe you're taunting Nag- Nagafen players. Oh, bring it on. I'm, I mean, please, please, please. <laughs> they'll wipe the floor with you. I, I think someday we'll, we'll do a battleground show down the road. But uh, uh, my God, I, I, I have to say, I almost sometimes enjoy being on the bad team because I just stand <laughs> in, the, I just literally stand in the corner and heal myself. <laughs> And, and let the rest of those bleepers die so that nice. I can look good on the heel parse at the end. <laughs> Talk about making wow. your bar chart high. <laughs> when, that when, doesn't get you anything. Uh, it, got, it, it gets me a token. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised by how much you have taken to Battlegroundsing. You were very reluctant the last time we talked about it. And I, you have surpassed my interest level. Uh, although I, I haven't gone because of you know, all the other things going on with Tinkerfest and everything. Um, things that are demanding my attention more than Battlegrounds. Uh, but I will eventually get in there. Yeah, I think we, we'll, we'll definitely, we should add that to our docket of future topics because I think it would be a good one. Yeah, maybe next time. Alrighty. Uh, so I think that brings us up to uh, Allie Angle, does it not? I believe so. Alright, so Allie, are you ready for episode 49's Allie Angle question? Sure. So your Alley Angle question will take a guildish direction this show. What do you feel are the top three guild amenities that we don't have in game today? Things I wish we had. Yes. In other words, all right. Yes. Well, I had a really, really hard time limiting it to three. So I'm going to cheat and give you a couple runners up. Okay. Okay. 
The first runner-up to my list would be a city raid writ giver. You know how we have those raid writs kind of that you can do as a, a raid and you have to go so you click on a door and it takes you into the instance? Yep. I think it would be cool if they would sort of revamp that whole thing to the current level cap or something that scales, you know, uh, maybe like how battlegrounds scale and all that type of stuff. What is the level agnostic, you know, where and, and revamp it sort of to a more of like a training ground for raids where you can go in as as a raid and practice Things like AE blocking, debuffing, jousting, heroic opportunities, and all the other shenanigans that are required by these raid encounters. Or even just give like people who are new to raiding the basics of raiding. Something with different areas of focus. Uh, and it, it just seems like it would be something that would be made for a guild hall. Because it, it's sort of about, you know, most raiding happens from a guild. Okay, yeah, that, that's a good idea. That's kind of a runner-up because uh, it's a little far-fetched. <laughs> the second runner-up is totally unnecessary, but I think it would be a neat idea to have sort of a storage container for seasonal decorations. Uh, I know in previous guilds that I've been in, they like to decorate for the holidays, and it's sort of left to individuals to use mules or alts or whatever to house all the decorations for the different holidays, and it can be pretty cumbersome. I think it would be nice to have, like, a, a storage container that only holds house items, you know, like a little cubby, like in nursery school. So you could put in your trees and your lights in the attic and your skeletons in the basement and whatever else you want. All right, so fair enough. You want uh, storage wars for <laughs> uh, live events. Okay, in the guild hall, I like that idea. Oh, All right, that's a good one. Decoration storage. Okay, now my real list. You ready? I'm ready. Number three, an entrance to the Battlegrounds waiting room. Love that. Right now I do. Okay. As long as I'm um, in a pre-made group, of course. Right, right, right. <laughs> now I haven't, like I said, haven't done a lot since the whole revamp and everybody seems to be gung-ho for Battlegrounds. But I, I, you know, I know so many people are doing it and it's kind of a pain. You know, if you leave the guild hall, you're going to go find the thing and all that. Yep. I just think it would be better to have a little entrance there. How much you know, work could that be? How hard could it be? I like that idea. I mean, and it would be easier for guilds to PvP together. You know, the guilds of PvP together stay together. Absolutely. Because I think everybody is just running over to Frostfang Sea, which is about the fastest one to get to oh, uh, if you've got the bells. Yeah. Is that where people go? Okay. That's where they go. Wondering, wondering about that. It's the new Sinking Sands for... for <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Dueling. Okay, my number two is a reforger. Now, no matter how far-fetched this may be, I really believe... Guild halls need a reforger amenity. That's one of the few reasons I go to town anymore. I use it a lot. Uh, and it's just a pain. I mean, you've taken out the time sink of travel. Please take out the time sink of something that, I mean, I'm not doing anything else when I'm in town. It's not incentivizing me to spend time in the cities. It's not doing anybody any good for me to be in Freeport, talking to the Reforger, if I'm ignoring everybody and just looking at my Reforger window, why not put it in the Guild Hall? Okay. I, I think like that's that. fair. Yeah. My number one, you almost kind of forget that this isn't already an amenity because it's such a staple of Guild life. Crafting stations. Why is it that we have hireling amenities 
uh, the Harvest Depot for Guildhall, Rick Givers, Merchants for Fuel and Recipe Books, but there's no crafting tables. It puts too much on individual players. They have to use their faction to purchase crafting stations and then place them in the guild hall. And God forbid they ever leave the guild. You have no more crafting stations if they choose to take them back. Why not have those as an amenity? Seems like a no-brainer. It does. I'm shocked. I didn't know that, I guess. I don't know where those came from. They came from individual people who right. used their who used their faction to buy them. All right, I, I, wow, okay, completely oblivious to that. Yeah, ah, interesting. I, I did not, uh, I was not aware of that. Mm. That's very, very interesting. All right, yeah. so that's my list. All right, so uh, just to recap, Allie, the your top three things that uh, you would like to see as guild amenities that we don't already have in game. So your bronze is the entrance to and entrance to the battlegrounds waiting room. Uh, your silver option? <laughs> Avery Forager. And your gold medal winner is? Crafting Stations. Very, very interesting. I like the Battlegrounds entrance one, too. That's That one gets me because uh, I can't count on how many hands, how many times I've seen people say, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, Allie, then, did we have anything else for this 49th, the Alaska episode <laughs> of eq to talk I hope not, because we're awfully long. We are long in the tooth. So uh, let's say then thank you very much to everyone who took the time to download this lengthy podcast. We certainly hope that it wasn't too long and you didn't listen. We also want to say thank you to this week's corporate sponsor, the Tortured Orchard Company. You can find them at torturedorchard.com. Allie, they make sauces. A very good one. Let me tell you a little bit about the golden sauce, Allie. It is a perfect blend of sweet, savory, and spicy that will tickle your taste buds, with this an out-of-the-world combination of subtle, now mind you, mustard, warm hints of peppers, and spices. It's an ideal complement to any protein or vegetable dish, great for barbecues, I'm not sure if you were aware of that, and makes any salad or sandwich better. Find your favorite Petzl Alley, and you can dip it in that too. It's great for use on hot or cold dishes. Alley, that is the golden sauce from Tortured Orchards. Check them out over there at torturedorchard.com. Are you, have you become a saucier? I am a saucier of the golden sauce by Tortured Orchard. Yes. I use it all the time, Allie. I'm, I'm lathering up in it right now. <laughs> so if people want to get in touch with us and touch my sauce, how can they, Allie? Just not your cog. <laughs> they can reach us by email. I'm at Allie at EQ2Talk.com. And I'm Delmon at EQ2Talk.com. Or they can reach us in game. I'm at eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. And I'm eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. You can also join our in-game chat channel, eq2.unrest.eq2talk. You can also check us out over there on the Facebook, where we are facebook.com slash eq2talk. Or you can follow us on Twitter at eq2talk. We hope you will all come back for the historic 50th episode of EQ2 Talk. I don't know what we're going to do, but it sounds special to me. So say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. An historic episode. And harmonica. Hey, hey. That was way long. Get off my car. <laughs>
Did I say sauce is okay? Yeah, you said watch it, watch it. That was pretty funny. Watch it, watch it. Are you mocking my accent? Mocking? No, I'm not mocking. 